Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct messages. Well, hello, welcome. It's just so brilliant to be with you. And thank you so much for joining us today. We're celebrating Easter. And uh, today I'd like to share something of the hope of Easter as we join together for the next few moments. It's Easter Sunday and we turn our hearts towards God and celebrate the power of his resurrection. You know, a man called Saul was a ruthless persecutor of Christians and a hater of Jesus. And uh, he met the risen Jesus on the way, uh, on a road to Damascus. Uh, A few months after Jesus' uh, crucifixion, uh, Paul was uh, persecuting, killing off members of the church. And he went to Damascus seeking permission to look for members of the church in that place too. And it was on that road that he met the risen, alive Jesus. And it was a profound experience that he had whereby he gave, ultimately gives his life to God and Jesus afresh. And such was his encounter and experience that he went from a hate-filled man to being a hope-filled man, a hopeful man. Hateful to hopeful. It's an incredible turnaround in his life, totally transformed. He goes from being a persecutor to a promoter of Jesus. Not a persecutor of Jesus, but a promoter of Jesus and the church. One of the greatest early founders and fathers of the early church, Paul the Apostle. Um, he, he, as he moved around, he founded a church in a place called Corinth in Greece, around about AD 50, so some seven years later. And um, he writes to them a few years after that, around about AD 53, as he's on a number of journeys, to, to um, encourage that church and to encourage them to remember the things that he shared with them. And uh, that's the first letter to the Corinthians. And so I just want to share a short extract from that letter as he encourages those believers all those years ago, and it will be encouragement for us today to remember the power of Jesus' resurrection and the significance that that can have in your life and my life and it had in their lives at that time. And so I want to read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verses 1 to 11, and it reads like this from the NIV. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than a hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Five hundred brothers and sisters rather at the same time, most of whom are living to this day, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, 
then to all the apostles and last of all he appeared also to me that's Paul as to one abnormally born for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect no I worked harder than all of them yet not I but the grace of God that was in me whether then it is I or they this is what we preach and this is what you have believed three things that I'd like to just touch on for the next few moments uh, as we look to maybe apply this uh, short extract from his letter reminding the church of the power of the resurrection of Jesus and some reminders of the power of his resurrection for you and perhaps I today three things are these there is in Easter there's hope for yesterday hope for tomorrow and hope for today for yesterday tomorrow and today and there's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ first of all number one is this hope for yesterday his resurrection and his death and resurrection deals with our past your past my past and there's hope for our yesterdays you know it says there in verse 3 that Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures and the scriptures that he's referring to there are is Isaiah 53 predominantly he's looking at the the prophetic account from the prophet Isaiah alluding it to the Messiah the Christ of him suffering uh, for our sins and um, you know it says Christ died for our sins and the word there sin literally means self rule over God rule and so if I were to live in sin it's not that I just do bad things or well, they may be bad things but it's to have my own rule, self-rule, rather than God-rule. That's literally what it means. Uh, I'm at the centre, not God. And uh, human beings are in control of our destiny. It's me, not God. And we live for ourselves. And, uh, and, and that really did, it goes all the way to um, we've done it, what we've done and uh, living without God. All that we've done and all that we are. So all that we've done in our lives without God and all that we are today without God, that is sin. If, if it's us without God that, and rejecting God's role in our lives, then that is sin. It's not a word that's always used so much today, perhaps, but it's there, it's what Paul says himself, and it's there in the New Testament. And so there's this understanding there that Jesus died for our self-rule, uh, for living for ourselves. Now in the Genesis, the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, we read about, and we're not going to read it all right now, so don't worry, but we read there in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, in the first Genesis chapters 1, 2 and 3, that Adam's rejection of God's rule leads to death and a break in relationship with God. So when Adam and Eve rejected the rule of God and went their own way and said, we're not going to obey you, God, we're going to eat from the tree and we're going to do what we want to do, it led to the curse of death. God said that death will come upon you and also that brought about a break in the relationship that we had, human beings had, with the Creator God himself. And so right at the very beginning, sin, uh, we see sin enter and the effects that it has, self has breaks our relationship with God and leads to death and the curse of death on the whole of human nature. 
And so then what happens is over the centuries, God brings a system of sacrifice to, to try and deal with that sin. We read this in the Old Testament, uh, and, and the, the Israelite, the Jewish people, um, uh, embraced a system of sacrifice and, and, and was given, in the days of Moses and the Levitical priesthood, a system of sacrifice to atone for that sin, for that self. And to atone means to make amends for. And so they, they would take a, either a spotless, a spotless sheep, a spotless goat, and, and that would be brought in sacrifice. And the, the prayers would have been prayed over that, uh, uh, and all the sin of the nation, and that would be then given as a sacrifice as the people sought to follow God. They would come to God, they'd bring a sacrifice and atone for, for, to, to make amends. And, you know, rejection demands restitution. That's why. With sin, it's that powerful. It's, it's that terrible, it's that horrifying before us and with God that it, the rejection, human rejection of God demands a restitution and that came with sacrifice. And uh, that system was in place until the ultimate sacrifice who is Jesus, God's own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and uh, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now a man called John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 29 says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. And so Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's speaking about Jesus. And Paul is speaking about Jesus. He died for our sins. John the Baptist in John chapter 1 says, He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. And so we see that Jesus deals with ourself and our past and the way we live without God and all that we've done and that he was buried. It says there that Christ died for our sins and was buried. He didn't just run off somewhere. He didn't just hide away somewhere. Um, he, he was actually, he really died and for our sins and was buried. And a Roman guard would have stood guard. There was a, a, huge, a huge boulder placed over the, the door. So it couldn't have been the body stolen away. Uh, he couldn't have pretended uh, he actually died and was buried and guarded. So this deals with our past. This deals with our living without God in our past and the living without God today. He died for us. The second, uh, so hope for our, our, our yesterday, but also hope for tomorrow. Hope for yesterday, our past, hope for tomorrow. The second thing is this, he deals with our future. He can deal with our past and the death and resurrection of Jesus also deals with our future, hope for tomorrow. And so we see there, it says that in verse, the second part of verse 4, in what we've just read, Christ was raised on the third day. So he died, was crucified, died a terrible death in our place, was buried. And then it says, and this is the bit that, that is quite amazing, even spectacular, all of it's spectacular, but this is quite amazing. It says that he was, he died, he was buried, and was raised on the third day. Jesus didn't pass out and wake up resuscitated. He died and was resurrected. Jesus didn't just be resuscitated, you know, disappear somewhere. And, and uh, didn't, you know, he didn't just disappear somewhere. He actually died and was buried. And he didn't then, then in, in a tomb sort of, uh, you know, wake up resuscitated, and, and, but he was resurrected from the dead. This is the miracle of new life and uh, where God, it says, raises Jesus from the dead. And, and it's, the, it's the same Jesus physically, literally, completely raised to life 
with a, with a new, it's the same Jesus, they recognised him and they could touch him ultimately, but he was raised with a new body to, to eternal, to, 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 to a life with God that would never decay. And this is on offer to you and I too. You can read the rest of this account of what that resurrection body would be like. We haven't got time this morning, but in the rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul talks about this a bit later. I haven't read the whole passage. We haven't got time to do that today. But uh, Peter uh, said something very similar. So Paul says he was raised from the dead. And Peter, in Acts chapter 10, verse 40, which is even earlier than Paul, AD 37, so only a few years after Jesus' death, Peter is saying the same thing. Peter said God raised him, that's Jesus, from the dead, and on the third day caused him to be seen. So right from the very outset in the early church, Peter, Paul, those early disciples who saw the raised Jesus refer to this and are telling people confidently, boldly, that this Jesus is raised from the dead, right at the beginning, right at the very earliest days. Paul says this, writing, uh, he said, look, he said that he, um, that uh, that he, Jesus, appeared to Cephas. So, So Peter says that many had seen him in Acts. Then Paul, now back in Corinthians, says this, that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom were still living at the time of his writing, that is, though some had fallen asleep, some had died. And then he appeared to James, and then to uh, all the apostles, there were lots of other sent ones, and last of all, he appeared also to me. That, that was to Paul. He was the last one. So we're seeing that, that Peter, Paul, they're saying that this Jesus raised from the dead and we've seen him, we've reached him, we've touched him. And there are many others. There are hundreds of others who were, were still alive and said that we had literally actually seen him. This really did happen. It's not a figment of imagination. It's not a fairy tale. You know, this is good news. This is incredible news and it's, it's, it's good news for our yesterday, it deals with our past and the way in which we live without God, but it also deals with our tomorrow. Because Paul said, uh, writing to a group of Christians in a place called Thessalonica, he said similar things to what he's saying now, uh, but he looks at the future and the power of this for our future. He says, for we believe in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 to 17, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left to be caught uh, and are left to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. So what Paul is saying is, look, there will come a day, there comes that final day when all things will be brought to task. There's a final day, a final day of judgment, when all of this world and all of this order will be brought before God. And on that day, when Jesus stands and comes and we'll, we'll be before him and he comes to this world again, um, there will be that resurrection of all of those who have died, 
will be with him. And if on that day we are still alive, when that happens, that final day, the final day of judgment, we will be raised to be with him also. This is to come. This is something that we have uh, hope for our future. Death is not the end. And the future is bright, as it were, uh, with a knowledge of knowing God. So hope for tomorrow, but also hope for today. Final, the final thing that I would like to say. And so being a Christian isn't just, you know, resurrection when I die. Amazing. Or we might see Jesus come and we'd be alive and we'd be raised to be with him. And there is hope for tomorrow. But there's also a hope for today. And with this, I want to conclude. He says there, um, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what I preach and this is what I have believed. Paul lived, he was always a bit haunted by his terrible life in his past. The way he hated Jesus and, and uh, murdered the church. And uh, so he speaks of himself, look at what I was like. I'm the least. And so he refers to himself like this. Um, but he came to terms. He said, I am what I am. And he came, and this is what he says. So he starts off by saying, I, I've lived this, I persecute the church. I, I'm the least of the apostles. And then he says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And for each one of us today, there is by the grace of a but by the grace of God, I am what I am. We may know the power of the grace of God, the grace of his resurrection today. And over your life and my life, there is, as we come to him and give our lives to him, and maybe give your life to him for the first time, there is a but by the grace of God. Adrian Mancini is what he is, only by the grace of God and the power of his resurrection, which I can experience today. And Paul says this, he says, uh, this grace is, is not being without effect. It's an understatement. His grace and the resurrection power of Jesus in his life caused saw Christianity spread throughout the Roman world. And he was one of the main carriers of this blazing torch of the power and presence of Jesus. And that was in his life then, and it can be in your life today as well. Um, this is Paul's experience of the resurrection. Jesus was alive in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is for you and I today. We may experience the grace of his resurrection and it can be alive and at work in you and I at this moment today. He can be alive. So let's be encouraged as we give our lives to him. Not only does this resurrection deal with our past, living for ourselves and the way in which we, we are, but it deals with our tomorrow as we look forward with a hope that death is not the end, but also our today as we may know the power of his resurrection in our hearts and lives. Nothing is too difficult in with him flowing through us. Easter hope, the hope for yesterday, tomorrow and today. Let's tell the world that Jesus lives. God bless you and thank you for joining us. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain